This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. For many years, I've spoken about, I've written about the importance of praying effectively through difficult times or times of challenge. In fact, uh, I published an article under that title, Praying Effectively Through Times of Challenge, in March of 2009. Little did I realize that just six years later, when I was diagnosed with stage 4 B-cell lymphoma, 80% aggressive B-cell lymphoma, that how important those very messages that I had been preaching to others would need to be applied to my own life again because there's been many times throughout my life journey and the life experiences I've had that I found myself having to evaluate the importance of pressing in and pressing through the most difficult of times. And we all go through them. You and I, everyone goes through difficult times and challenges along the way. But I found that in these kinds of moments, how do we pray effectively? How You know, just like in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16, when it says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So how do we press in at those moments? What are the biblical principles that we need to apply, especially when we're going through these difficult times and it's hard to see clearly through that moment of challenge we're going through? One thing I found is important to have effective prayer. We need to hit the mark, and I'll cover that in a moment. Hit the mark, be in proper alignment, uh, go deeper uh, in different places in our life with the Lord. So deeper in consecration to God, higher in expectation, putting our difficulties on the throne of God. Then having breakthrough. How do we come to that place of breakthrough? And then always having a bright perspective or an attitude of gratitude in the midst of whatever we may be going through, and finally knowing how to pray through with a new season of prayer or in that place of not just praying with some sort of shallow platitude or, as I've said before, religious incantation, but how do we come to that place where our heart cry to God is laid before the Lord we know that God hears and, and God and God moves on our behalf. We know that he sees. So how do we then know in our own hearts that we can engage the throne of God and the throne of grace in a very effective way? So I want to talk just a moment about praying effectively through times of challenge and first and foremost, um, recognizing personally and incorporately how we need to be a people who pray effectively. If we look at our personal lives as well as our cities, our nation, the world around us that we're seeing different things going on, and the importance of the church uh, being that very place that people can look to for their breakthroughs because we direct them in our own lives to the one who is the master of breakthroughs, or the scripture calls the bell perizim. God is the master of breakthroughs. Hitting the mark. Effective prayer is prayer that hits its mark. As a praying people, we want to be like those archers who shoot out their arrows and hit the bullseye. But how do we become effective in prayer? A lot of people say, pray is important, so I'm praying for you. How do you pray? But but how do we become effective in prayer? In fact, I have a personal policy that when people ask me to pray and I'm in conversation with them, I, I want to pray right then. Because I don't want to say, hey, I'm praying for you, and then go on about my life and forget to pray. I want to pray 
then and now, even if it's just a brief prayer then, but to remind myself to pray again later. But I want them to know this isn't just some terminology of I'm praying for you, that's some nice kind of gesture. I want them to know I really am praying for you, and I'm going to agree because agreement is a place of power in prayer. I want to agree with the character, nature, word of God and spirit of God, and with that person about what is very important to them at that moment. Or even on social media when people say, hey, I'm praying for you. Well, I usually say to the Lord, say, Lord, I'm praying in agreement right now for that situation that you've allowed me to see, and I want to pray right now for that individual and what they're asking for. And I usually put in prayed, dot, 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 and will be praying because I want them to know it's not about what I'm going to do. I want it to be something we're agreeing with them now because pressure magnifies. And in that moment of their need, that they need to know people are agreeing with them. So effective prayer is prayer that hits its mark, and we want to be like those archers who hit the bullseye, not just kind of shooting around at, at will or, or shooting prayers amiss. So how do we become effective in our prayer? For our prayers to avail much, as Scripture says. Let's face it, sometimes when we pray, it feels as though our prayers hit a brick wall. But James, again, uh, says in chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again. And the sky poured rain and the earth produced its fruit. Sounds like pretty effective prayer to me. So what is it that the Lord is trying to tell us in these kinds of passages? The message to me here is that we are no different than Elijah. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And we have a nature just like his. Elijah was anointed and appointed by God. We too have an anointing, an appointment from God, and a calling from God. But how many of us believe this? How many of us truly recognize this fact and walk in it, that praying the prayer of faith accordingly, like Elijah, and as God's people that God has called and appointed in us, that we can recognize that when we pray, God hears? So when we begin to recognize who we are and our place within the body of Christ, we can begin to function in the realm of effective prayer because, one, we begin, begin to believe. See, Jesus said that, that every one of us have been given a measure of faith. And the measure of faith of a, of a seed, of a mustard seed, so small of a seed, he says that kind of faith can move a mountain. So if all of us, even if we don't think we have great faith or big faith, we serve a God who is who is full of faith and who imparts to us this measure of faith that even a, a mustard seed kind of faith can move a whole mountain. So if we begin to believe that even our simplest of prayers in earnest and honesty come before God can be effective, then God can begin to do something in and through us. The other thing I found is that it's important to be in proper alignment. A few years ago, I wrote a commentary called Body Alignment for a new Bible release that was released by Thomas Nelson Publishers called The Maximized Living Bible. And it included commentaries from Ben Lerner and other Christian leaders on subjects such as spiritual fitness, physical fitness, health, nutrition, financial fitness, and stress management. So later, as I was seeking the Lord at the close of 2006 and trying to get a sense for the coming year, I kept hearing that same word over and over again, alignment, alignment, alignment. I believe three areas of alignment are most uh, are of utmost importance in our lives, kingdom alignment, personal alignment, and body alignment. See, the first is kingdom alignment, and it's about proper alignment 
to the kingdom of God and, and God's principles. God's kingdom should be our first priority. As remember, Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. See, the most important thing is not the building of our own kingdoms, but the establishment and the pursuit of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. As I always say, while men reach for thrones to build their own kingdoms, Jesus reached for a towel to wash men's feet. It's not about our own personal agendas, but about proper alignment to God's kingdom agenda. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he taught them to focus on the kingdom. When he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's Matthew 6.10. Proper kingdom alignment is essential for effective prayer. Secondly, personal alignment is getting in right order with the Father, our Heavenly Father, connecting spirit to spirit with our Creator. Our hearts must be right before Him. King David prayed, and I love this, and I pray this every morning in, out of Psalms 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. When our hearts are rightly aligned to God, we will begin to have a spiritual authority in our prayers. See, we'll be able to pray effectively and see God move on our behalf. Sin in our lives will keep our prayers from being effective and even hindering the effectiveness or the, the result of the fruit of what we want in our prayers. Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have separated you from, God, from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. That feeling of hitting a brick wall with our prayers often occurs because we need to do business with God and get our hearts in a right position before Him, confessing our personal sins and corporate sins and experiencing His great grace and His forgiveness through that grace. Third and finally, proper body alignment is essential. Ephesians 4.16 says uh, that when each part of the body is rightly fit together, the whole body functions better. The King James Version calls it the effectual working of each part. Each of us has a function and a gifting within the body of Christ. When we are in proper alignment within the body, everything works as it should. I have seen this lesson in action when I go to visit the chiropractor, for example. At times, I have problems with my knee. My knee problems cause my hip to get out of place. And pretty soon, I feel chronic pain in my back. At that point, I need to go for an alignment. When I get my spine back in alignment... It causes everything else to feel liberated. The same is true in the body of Christ. When one part is out of alignment, the whole body is affected. It takes the whole body being rightly fit together for the effectual working of each part. And when we are functioning in unity, we see great breakthrough for the kingdom of God. And that would be true for me. When I, when I get my body somewhat out of alignment or you get this pain shooting down your leg, you know that something in your vertebrae is not in proper alignment. When we get aligned, it seems like everything else sets in order and relieves a lot of what seems like multiple ailments. It, it simply gets back in alignment. When our body is in alignment, just like spiritually in alignment, everything else seems to have a greater effectiveness and a fruitfulness and authority in our prayers. As I often meet with different groups of people to pray, I've noticed the different levels of effectiveness that seem to exist within certain people. There's something different when you pray with people with whom you have an established relationship. When you let your guard down and pray more intimately with, with someone else or with, with other people that, that you can trust, there is a trust and an intimacy built between you, and you're able to go into what I call gut-level prayer. You've been through things together. You, you know 
uh, how to go hand in hand into intercession together. You have a common focus. There's a sense of, of cohesion rather than trying to make something happen out of a lack of cohesion. Uh, there's a trusted intimacy that's built because of that place of cohesive relationship. You've been through many things together, and you know how to pray together. In college, I learned about the different levels of communication that exist between people. When you see someone on the street who you're acquainted with or or that you are just kind of being cordial with, you say something like that, or how are you doing today? Uh, uh, how's the weather treating you? Uh, uh, aren't we having nice weather today? This is what we call level five communication. This is not the kind of communication we want to have between us when we gather to pray, because that is more surface-oriented. It's kind of, hey, great football game. Hey, great weather. How are you doing? Those are wonderful and nice, cordial things to do, but that's not gut level. That's very surface-level communication. What we need with the Lord is that gut-level place of coming straight into His presence, putting aside all the frivolous things and all the things that that process of uh, peeling that onion back you don't need to do that when you have a relationship with the lord go straight into the presence of god boldly into his presence saying hey god here i am i need your grace i need your intervention i need your wisdom you know, I go through times in trying to trust God. I remember back in uh, the early 80s when I had people living in a home and a couple of different apartments and helping with different ministries, and, and there were so many needs all over the world with all of our mission responsibilities through our ministries and all of our relationships. And starting out in the beginning, though, just I needed a bag of groceries every day just to feed the people I was taking care of. But that bag of groceries later, many years later now, every day there's a sense of, of, of pressure and a sense of responsibility for all the affiliates and chapters and centers and partner churches and agencies and ministries and mini- missionaries around the world that we are associated with us through Somebody Cares International and through Turning Point Ministries International. The level of faith may be different from a bag of groceries all those years ago to the daily responsibilities in prayer and resource capacity to keep leveraging people across our nation and around the world to do greater in their own walks and callings and ministries that are connected to us. And that becomes a burden at times where I I feel that pressure, and it makes me have to go deeper in the Lord, and it makes me have to find those who I can truly trust in intercession with me, that I can share with them my heart, my frustrations, my challenges, but you need those kinds of intimate relationships to go deeper. But my first thing I do is go to my knees and I come straight before the Lord says, God, I'm way beyond my pay grade. You're the one that called me to ministry. You're the one that that allowed me the privilege of this calling. And so, Lord, I'm asking you to give me the wisdom, the favor, the people who will gather together, maybe speak to people's hearts who can help provide the resources that we need to uh, the bag of groceries or the larger needs that we have all over the world to keep reaching out more and through times of disasters and crises and, 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 and difficulties in people's lives or the daily emails or calls and messages we get of people who have desperate needs. God, I can't do this alone and with my small team, but Lord, I know you have people out there agreeing with us in prayer and those that I can agree in prayer with. So we can have these kind of surface kinds of relationships. What we need is gut-level relationship with God and with those around us that can really pray in unity with us. Because as we go deeper in effectual prayer, we need to also go deeper in places with people of trust and unity in the Spirit. 
I've noticed that large corporate prayer events sometimes don't have the same kind of effectiveness that we get when we pray with people that we already know and that have that cohesion with. People who have gone through things with you. People you know you can trust with the things of your heart. By no means do I want to imply that large corporate prayer meetings are a bad thing because I'm a part of them. I've been part of facilitating some major global events and national events and regional events uh, of prayer. And in fact, I don't even like the term event because prayer to me is not an event. It's a process. It's a part of the, the culture that we should create, a lifestyle of prayer and compassion and, and being a tangible expression of Christ. But there is something about the, the loss of a large corporate prayer gathering that should be a part of the process, and too many people look to it as an event or just a day when it needs to be part of the journey and not an end to itself. It's great to have people get together to pray all the time, but God sees the unity and the heart in these gatherings where we gather together, where He is pleased in our gut-level relationship with Him. And there's another level of substance and a depth of power that is released when you gather with people of like heart and of like mind, going before the throne together with one voice and one sound to cry out for breakthrough. You see, we need a breakthrough not just for us individually, but we need breakthroughs in our land, don't we? When Elijah prayed for rain, he was praying for breakthrough for the land. We live in a day and a season when we must step up to the challenge to be a people like Elijah. We must pray that our arrows hit the mark. Our land is in need of breakthrough. People you're praying for are in need of breakthrough. And maybe you or I at times go through moments where we really need the the Baal Perizim, the master of breakthrough to break through for us. So all around us today, we see difficulties and challenges and storms. In fact, right as I'm taping this today, uh, in Houston again, you know, it's a year, uh, over a year after Hurricane Harvey, and we're getting downloaded and flooding and flooding rains and, and, uh, and, and streets that are flooded again, an exasperated situation because people are already still reeling from over a year ago of Hurricane Harvey in parts of Texas. But right here in the greater Houston area, we're seeing hundreds and hundreds of people flooded out again. It's a very, very difficult time. And that calls for for a deeper level of praying effectively uh, for through times of challenge. Many people are hurting, and to stretch us even as a ministry and those we're related to to help those that come along that God brings our way. Now, finally, uh, it's important for us to keep a perspective if we're going to pray effectively with an attitude of gratitude. And I've shared with you before that Albert Einstein uh, is quoted as saying, "Weakness of attitude." always becomes a weakness of character. With all these challenges that face us at times or in our world, many are living in fear and anxiety about what is to come or what is happening in their lives. How do we then, as God's people, position ourselves so that we are not overcome by anxiety? Philippians 4, 6 is great when it says, "For Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So many times our posture in prayer is one of supplication and petition before the Lord. But, but we are, when we are in places of desperation and need of a breakthrough, we also need to rush to God, not just to beseech Him in supplication, but come before Him in attitude of gratitude, in that place of thanksgiving, let our requests be known to God. So my place when I'm in desperate prayer is to say, Lord, I start out with just thanking Him for who He is, what He's already done, and then I bring to Him my petitions and my supplications. I believe we would see greater breakthrough if we remembered to come with an attitude of thanksgiving. There's something about appreciation and thanksgiving. So as Paul said in Philippians, in everything with thanksgiving. I I remember a time of great desperation when I needed personal and spiritual breakthrough. 
I got home late one night after witnessing on the streets and seeing a little, just a little bit of fruit, and my heart was broken over what I saw on the streets with all these street kids and prostitutes and gang members. I was, I was so frustrated, and I was also frustrated in, in the place we were in in our own ministry. I was tired. I was discouraged. And as I've shared before, discouragement is a powerful drug. I didn't feel like praying. I didn't want to worship. My heart was broken. My heart was getting hard. And I remember falling down on the mattress in my, in my apartment in that dark room and crying out to the Lord. And I sensed the Lord telling, uh, telling me to read about the woman at the well again. So I picked up my Bible, began to read the story in John chapter 4, and as I did, I heard a distinct sense in my heart, the Lord speaking to my heart, saying with what Jesus' words spoke is, give me a drink. When he was speaking of the woman, when he said to her, give me a drink, I responded by thinking, Lord, I'm the one who needs a drink right now. I'm feeling dry. My heart is broken. But God spoke to my heart once again, Doug, there are plenty of times to come with supplication, but there and there are plenty of times to ask me for your needs, but I want to hear those words. But sometimes you need to just come to me and thank me for what I've already done and who I already am. I stood up in the dark. Uh, I turned the lights back off again, stood in the dark, and out of that sheer obedience, I began to thank the Lord for what he had done in my life. I didn't feel like praying. But the Bible says we are to give a sacrifice of praise. I began to sing, praise the name of Jesus. I began to sing other songs. I began to thank the Lord for all that he had already done in my life and began to reminisce. Then it suddenly hit me. The Lord began to remind me of where he had brought me from. And suddenly, I wasn't just thanking him with my mind. My spirit and my heart came alive. And I was praying in the, in, in the spirit of the God and worshiping him. And God had brought me the liberation and breakthrough I needed that night. Not because I came with petitions and requests, but because I came with thanksgiving. There are times where we need to realize that a little gratitude can go a long, long way toward effective prayer. When we begin to appreciate God for who he is, we gain access to his presence in a new way. We enter the gates of his presence when we enter with thanksgiving, and in his presence, great blessing and power is released. We need a new season of prayer. My prayer for each of you is to have a new season of prayer in your life, a season of effective prayer. As you align yourself with God's kingdom and his righteousness, and as you align yourself with others he has put in your life, I know you will find new levels of release. Make a commitment to come before the Lord with thanksgiving. Supplications, we can come to before Him at any time, but remember to start with thanksgiving. Be diligent in your times of prayer, both individually and in coming together with people of like spirit. Armed with the prayer of faith, we will see God working in us and through us as vessels of breakthrough for our land. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.